When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, howdy there, Internet people. It's Bo again. And today, y'all are going to uh, probably hear me eat a bunch of cough drops because my throat is sore. And we are going to be talking to Mariah Parker, a.k.a. Lingua Franca. Why don't you tell them a little bit about yourself? Sure. So, yeah, um, my name is Mariah. If you see me at City Hall, I uh, have been serving as county commissioner in Athens Clark County, Georgia, um, since 2018. Um, y'all might remember me from swearing in on the autobiography of Malcolm X at the age of 26, um, but I got reelected last year, so I'm in, still in there doing my thing, repping for workers, um, you know, fighting the cops. And then um, you may also know me as Lingua Franca. I've been making hip-hop music since about 2016. I, um, you know, toured all over the country and got a new album coming out in April and released, released my first single, Work, last week. It's a call to frontline workers everywhere to fight the bosses and get what they deserve. And in addition to that, um, I'm working on my I'm almost done with my uh, Ph.D. in language and literacy education at the University of Georgia. So this album I have coming out in April is actually my dissertation for completion of that degree. And I um, I have a little five month old baby. So, yeah, that's I think pretty much all I do. Oh, yeah, I got podcasts waiting on reparations. But, yeah, that's it. Like, for real, that's it. That's everything. It's everything. You don't have time to fit anything else in that schedule, huh? I mean, except talking to Bo, you know, you got to make time for Bo. What's up? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So your uh, your your song work. I I saw it. I loved it. Um, The video is something. Video is something else. Uh, So we'll, we'll have a link to it down below for those of you you know, watching this, but it seemed as though I heard uh, quite a few little subtle references to different points in the labor movement. Yeah. Um, so why, why don't you tell us a little bit about the lyrics of the song? Because I, I, I love the, the historical elements in it. Sure. So, I mean, I started out the song by shouting out my own union, uh, United Campus Workers of Georgia, which is a um, local under the Communication Workers of America. So I'm repping for the two, three, two, six, five um, to, to get it started. I mean, a lot of what I'm talking about is actually very relevant to like the pandemic, like, you know, people getting spit on at the hospital and they're just trying to treat people for COVID essential workers that are like, you know, pushing the shopping carts across the Walmart parking lot and, you know, smiling at the cashier. How can I help you? Even though like a lot of us are like drowning out here in various ways. And so um, ultimately though, the hook is like a is you know a refrain from a very popular um just historically popular uh, labor song you know going back to the 1930s if you've seen um documentaries like Harlan County USA it comes up up a lot you know, just again and again it's been a refrain in history for the labor movement so I got a shout out to that as well as you know we got a little chant in the middle shout now my um Latino brothers and sisters, you know, calling folks into the fight, ultimately trying to like through hip hop, through refrains from labor movements, 
throughout history through, you know, shout outs to um, Latino folks trying to bring together like that multiracial working class movement. Um, I talked about, I think it was last, last year, maybe year before that 2021, it feels like it didn't happen. Like 2020 is still last year. Right. So it might've been 2020, but you know, Amazon, Target, FedEx, Walmart, you know, they were calling for a boycott. And so in the song I'm calling for, you know, those folks to actually organize and come together. Um, talking about the, um, the amount of people who like joined like the Democratic Socialist American America in the aftermath of like the Bernie 2020 campaign. So I'm talking about like if you sad about Bernie, you should get in there and uh, you know organize your workplace and various stuff like that. And um, there's probably more I can't think of off the top of my head because rapping it's so much muscle memory. I like don't e- I can't even remember to tell you what the lyrics are. It's just like fully physical kinetic. But yeah, I try to bring in a bit of labor movements, old and new across racial lines uh because that's what we need honestly to win oh yeah no Hear, hearing a reference to 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 harlan county in in the same song with the uh the the, the this the spanish lines of you know the people united um yeah. i mean that was something else that was really cool so i mean the song is definitely a call to action what's the rest of the album like i haven't i don't even know if i can get it yet is there more to it what's coming yeah, so I have another single coming out in um, this month. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, so pretty soon. Um, so that I'm talking about Latasha Harlins, who is a an, an, a misremembered or underremembered uh, catalyst of the L.A. riots in 1992. So kind of talking about, I mean, in inadvertent ways, the way that black women are often erased from, um, you know, up the stories of uprisings. You know, today we see uh, Breonna Taylor or, you know, in the same era as Trayvon Martin, there was a little girl named Ayanna Stanley Jones that had been shot and killed and that didn't really make the news. So giving a shout out to um, a long ago martyr in the movement that people might not remember and talking a little bit about that uprising. Um, I get into international movements for liberation. So I'm talking about the Haitian uprising. I'm talking about what's going on in places like Myanmar or um, shouting out folks like um, um, what um, Toussaint Louverture and Sheikh Guevara, uh, Thomas Sankara, who, you know, was the president of Burkina Faso in the 1970s, um, Nigeria, how they're fighting, the, um, you know, police brutality. So it's sort of trying to put the Black Lives Matter movement in the context of like the global struggle against prison industrial complexes of various kinds and other sorts of oppressive forces. And a lot of it's just autobiographical, just talking about like my own personal struggle for liberation, um, you know, as a person with bipolar disorder, who's like just gone through a lot of emotional turmoil in my life, how I personally found my place in the movement after kind of not even knowing what my place was on earth, period. So um, it's a little bit of various movement related things as well as how I came to them. So, yeah. All right. Uh, so as far as your place in the movement, one of the things like the, when, when you were sworn in, mm-hmm. I've got to know what, what prompted that move? Because I mean, that was something that, I mean, th- that doesn't seem just like a normal political stunt. You, you'd already been elected. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so I, I'm curious as to what prompted it, and I mean, wh- where that idea came from. For sure. So, I mean, as a political novice, like I had just gotten into politics like a year before. 
I uh, didn't have a lot of po- political connections when I ran. Um, I like didn't even know what a county commissioner was like a year before I even decided to run. Um, I honestly think to a degree, like my choice in that was a was so- somewhat political and naivety in that they were like, oh, you know, let us know what um, what you want to be sworn in on. So I was like, oh, people just choose what they want to be sworn in on all the time. That's so cool. Not realizing that most people are more traditional. They go with the Bible, the Constitution, something like that. I thought it was like legitimately giving my, my, me a choice, um, such as my ignorance about political processes. And also in a small town like Athens, Georgia, we got like 130,000 people. You know, I picked a text that was personally important to me. Um, you know, Malcolm X and his struggle from you know, a life of crime and drug abuse when he was younger and then his incarceration and using that period of solitude to really study and then going out and being like a fearless, sometimes brash voice for black liberation, um, as well as the transformation he underwent in his later life where um, originally had a lot of hatred for white people, but then he went to Mecca and saw Muslims of all different, you know, shades and national origins and started to think more about the ways we can all come together to fight racism. Really, all these steps along his path as a person with a somewhat untraditional background for politics really resonated with me. So I just picked that book because I was like, you know, this text means a lot to me. Not realizing that it was going to cause the calamity that it did at the time. Um, but it really, that moment sort of just um, highlighted things, a lot of things about me for others that I didn't really think were special. You know, being 26 years old at the time, being, you know, having an Afro, um, being a rapper, uh, you know, being the first queer elected official in the city's history. So I don't know, a lot of things converged in that moment, but ultimately I just picked a text that was important to me just to send a signal to my immediate community that, you know, the little Malcolm X is out there whose, like, first memories of life are of racial violence. Um, like, I'm going to rep for them. Like, no matter what their background is, if they've been incarcerated, if they've been through drugs, just like he was. Love it. All right. Okay. Um, I, I, Yeah, it is definitely the thing that puts you on more of a national level. Mm-hmm. Like, even people who may not recognize your name – yeah, they'll know the person who was sworn in on on Malcolm X's autobiography, you know? Yeah, um, maybe. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I don't and, know. And I think, I, I think it's I think it's interesting that it was an accident, that it wasn't like it wasn't no. a, a calculated move. Absolutely um, not. Yeah. So as county commissioner, mm-hmm. what what have you, what are uh, what are your priorities? What are you trying to get done other than? Ratio uh, Kemp. I saw that the other day. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. yeah, Brian Kemp. I'm coming for you, man, my guy. So, um, as county commissioner, um, honestly, I was sort of sitting down at the start of 2022 to like, sit, like a catalog all that had transpired last year to sort of like take stock and feel proud of myself because I'm super hard on myself all the time, and I realized that I have accomplished everything that I ran on in 2018. Fair free public transit. We passed an anti non-discrimination ordinance to protect people from discrimination in housing and businesses, uh, criminal justice reforms, um, affordable housing, getting sidewalks and bike lanes and all this kind of stuff, um, support for minority-owned businesses. I was like, snap. I got to, like, really think forward into, like, what unforged paths like we got to like trailblaze and chop all the weeds out of. So, um, you know, as over the course of the pandemic, I've been thinking more about labor exploitation. 
um, the way that essential workers have been thrown under the bus to save the economy. Um, and, you know, folks don't don't have health care. People are getting kicked out. You know, I've had so many constituents get evicted during a public health crisis for somebody's profit motive. And thinking more about um, what I can do as a county commissioner, like at a very small local level to help support mass action, particularly in the form of collective bargaining and organized labor. And so in that regard, you know, we got this economic development department where they're always all the time trying to draw big corporations here and big corporations want to come to Georgia because we are a right to work state. Like, you know, all this union busting stuff, like, you know, in the state laws. So they love it here. They love it. They make millions. And so thinking about how we as a local government can encourage workers to um, organize and also just like buy out businesses from their bosses and just make them work their own co-op. So they don't even have to worry about a boss not paying them enough to survive or denying them paid sick leave. Right. And so, um, you know, a lot of what I started thinking about around this is like, I, one thing I didn't finish, one thing I didn't do from my platform was raise the minimum wage. And that's because it's, it's bad. Like state law, we can't do it. You know, we just can't. It's seven twenty-five an hour. Um, and I started to realize. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Though, that if like people in their workplaces came together and like said like, yo, we walking off the job, we leaving. We want 15 an hour or we want 20 an hour. We're not coming back. We're shutting your whole thing down. So we get it. Folks that actually get a living wage for themselves faster than I could as an elected official. And that's true of so many things that impact people's, uh, you know, livelihood. You know, we're waiting on Congress to pass a minimum, you know, that $15 an hour minimum wage, waiting on Congress to pass like Medicare for all. But like workers go out here and they tell the bosses like, yo, we leaving unless you put us on your insurance plan, like we leave in, unless you bump our pay up, y'all can win it faster than, than Congress can. And so thinking about how my role then is to help support people in doing that. So supporting um, worker organizing, supporting the formation of worker owned co-ops through like our economic development department. It's something that like I'm really into right now. And also something that like, sort of comes across in my new song. And I could talk on and on and on about local politics, but you know, that's just one thing that is relevant to our current conversation. It, it is. What? Uh, okay. So, what's your doctorate? What, what, what's it going to be in? So, I'm getting my doctorate in language and literacy education. So, I'm a linguist in background and in studying linguistics. I was like, I really want to share this love of the science of language with people. So, I decided to get into the education side of it. And then, ultimately, I feel like that's what I also do through music. Is like, yo, look at all this crazy stuff that you can do with like like language um but also education in the sense of like civic education like yo this is like i'm gonna drop some bars on you that are gonna like teach you something about metaphor about rhyme but also about organizing a workplace or also about um like what prison abolition is or something like that so rap music also factors a lot into what i study okay earlier you said uh you talked about finding your place in the movement yeah how did you actually go about that, and what advice can you give to people who are, who are trying to do that now? Because that's, you know, a lot of the people that are going to be listening to this, they're 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 trying to find 
their spot. Mm-hmm. They they want it. They want to make change, but they don't really know how to go about it and where they can fit in best. For sure. So I mean, with my case, literally, like the dude who was my commissioner, like he served twenty five years, like ran unopposed the whole time. He stepped down, and this dude who was running to replace him was also running unopposed. And so it was a moment where I was like, "Is anybody gonna do something? Anybody? Nobody? Well, I guess I have to. I can't just stand here and like let." like democracy crumble before me and like not giving people a choice of who to vote for. So I jumped in there. I jumped in. And so I think a part of it is, is just seizing moments where you don't see anyone acting and it just has to be you. Like no one is coming to save you, but you is sort of a way that you find your place in the movement. Even if you fail, if you jump in, it's like, well, that didn't work. Um, That's a lesson. So now you can cross it off your list and keep jumping into new things until you find something that feels good and works. Um, Another part of finding your place, I think, comes with um, recognizing for me, it was a lot of just recognizing that the things I thought held me back from serving were actually things we needed in our leadership. So like, you know, I've struggled with drug addiction. Like I said before, I got bipolar disorder, queer person, you know, all this stuff. And I was like, ah, you know, like, and I'm a rapper. I was like, you know, and no one's ever going to like me. I'll, I have nothing to offer the world, whatever. And then realizing, like, like no one has ever legislated from a place of knowing what it's like, or very few people have legislated from a place of knowing what it's like to, like, not be able to afford, like, your antidepressants or from a place of, like, the, necess- the necessity of, like, mental health care and that, you know, I've been suicidal before. I know what it's like if you don't know, like, you're scared to go see a doctor because you can't afford it. Um, all sorts of things that I thought counted me out. I mean, even I worked I worked in the service industry before I did all this. And so understanding what it's like to get paid under the table less than a minimum wage and, th- and then go out drinking at the bar where you work until three in the morning and just doing that over and over again to like kill your pain, et cetera. So no one is making policy from that standpoint of actually understanding how this impacts working people. And um, so I think finding my place also um, required just accepting the messiness of like just who I am and reframing it as like, Oh, actually like I hope I think people actually dig the fact that I'm like weird and messy like them. Like they see themselves in me. I see themselves. I see myself in them. Um, And so embracing that and whatever you do, if you feel like, oh, I can't find my place in the movement because I've been to jail once or like I'm a sex worker, you know, whatever. It's like, actually, people really need that. They really need to see leadership modeled among those kinds of folks. So actually, there's a reason why you should definitely jump into some different stuff and try to find what works. Love it. Love it. Yeah, I I can actually see how you got elected. Um, It's good stuff. And I so, got reelected last year too. What's up? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so, where are you going from here? Ah. I mean, because I mean, the music. I I have a feeling that this is going to take off in the sense that that there's going to be a coordinated push this year for for organized labor and collective bargaining, and you know, you you kind of released the the theme song in in January. Great timing. Um, but where, what are you, your goals? Where are you headed? I mean, where are we all headed? I'm just trying to fight for collective liberation. You know, I've been thinking a lot about what that means. If public office is the best way to do that in that, you know, the system that I'm governing in is made up mostly of rich white people and was founded by rich white people. And so, like, I'm not sure if you can 
use the master's tools to unmake the master's house, I think in the words of Audre Lorde. Um, and so I'm thinking about starting a freedom school like they used to have down in Mississippi in 1964, where like you train people to organize and then you materially support them in doing so. Um, teach them about all the different ways to engage civically and like, I right, go forth. What do you need help with? What are you trying to fight for? Um, and things like that. I mean, I think using music as a tool to educate, um, you know, on Instagram, I post raps all the time about um, uh, collective debt strikes and rent and mortgage cancellation and prison industrial complex and all these various things and like continuing um, to do that. You know, I study education, but I also think I think of myself as an educator because I'm out here and doing it and would love to focus more on that. Um so I don't know. I would like to I don't know, like write a book. I've always wanted to be a writer. I am a writer and then I'm a rapper, but like that would be cool one day. But I don't even know what to say about everything that's happened in the last five years. So that's in my horizon at some point. But ultimately, whatever, whatever I do, um, putting it in service of getting everybody free. So wherever that takes me, I'm cool with. I love the idea of a school. Yeah, like I, I, I that's that's. That's one of my things. You know, one day when, when, when we've got the funding, we're totally setting up something like Highland. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, that, that's I, I think that that is desperately needed because there's a lot of people that have a lot of passion, but sometimes they, they need uh, they need some finer points um, mm-hmm. to go with that. Uh, so let's see. We've got the labor movement. You also do some. Uh, uh, a little bit of uh, police accountability work, I think, right? I do. I do. Yeah. So I was very involved in the uprising in 2020. And even before that, back in 2018, I read Angela Davis's Our Prison Obsolete and started thinking about, like, why we have prisons. It's what's, What function do they really serve in society? And around that same time, um, my um, aunt got murdered and by my cousin. And so... Um, he, you know, was 19, going to jail probably for the prison for the rest of his life and thinking a lot about how, like, that didn't, like, he wasn't going to get any better in there. My family didn't feel any better about it, knowing he's going to prison forever. He almost got the death penalty and we're like, yo, you know, they're going against the wishes of the family because that wasn't going to make him any better. If he was, like, executed, like, what? And so thinking really deeply about, like, all of the dominoes that had fallen to, like, get him and my aunt to that point, like, he grew up in a real rural area, but they didn't have internet or trash pickup, let alone, like, you know, good schools or job opportunities and how that, you know, led him to, you know, never get help for his mental illness, get into drugs, you know, end up having to go to the military because he couldn't go to college and how that trained him on how to use a lot of weapons and da-da-da-da-da, you know, here we are. And so thinking a lot about, like, man, if we just, like, took care of people, like, things would be so much better. Like, we wouldn't be in the situation my aunt would be here today, you know? And so that's really, like, informed in the years, many years since then, just thinking about, like, how do we take care of the people and, like, and and lessen our dependency on, like, the police and, like, the prison industrial complex generally. All right. Yeah. Okay. So something I ask it. Uh everybody that comes on, if you could uh, tell people one thing on, on like how to make the world better, what would it be? What well, a piece of advice, I know putting you on the spot. One you know, thing just, that the people can do. One thing yeah. that people can do. Um, I would like to see more direct action. People think about direct action as like going to a protest and marching. But I think about the folks around here that are getting evicted 
Um, and what would it mean if folks showed up and said, no, you are not putting this person in the street? Or when somebody's tearing down your neighborhood to build luxury high rises, what if you showed up and said, uh, excuse me, um, please move aside. I'm going to chain myself to this bulldozer and tell y'all, no, you're not going to do it. Um, I mean, and these are not novel ideas. We see these um, actions taken with like water protectors and land protectors um, protecting um, the environment. Uh, we've seen cases of like folks down here in the South shutting down um, ev- eviction proceedings at the magistrate court by just like, you know, blocking the entrance in mass. And so I think that um, people get really like disheartened by the slow moving machinery of government and like waiting around for the government to do something. But there's so many forms of collective action we could take that like help in the immediate term, but also raise the issue of like, we really need to address this, this problem with urgency. And so I just encourage people to think creatively about how that could be done. All right. And then last question, just because I'm curious, five months, you said? Yeah, I got five months old. Yeah. How's that going? It's going pretty good. It was hard at first. It still is hard sometimes, but there's a lot of joy with it. And I actually have a song about him on my, um, my new album. So on my old album, my first album, I had a song called Eight Weeks that was about the tough decision to have an abortion. And, you know, as a feminist, like being shocked by like, oh man, actually this is way more complicated than I thought. And then I got a song on this new album that's about like being excited about being a parent. Woo, this is so exciting. And then like, actually there's all these obstacles in between. You might see like the cute ultrasound pictures on Facebook or whatever, but then you got medical bills. You not sure about this and that. And so I got a song on the album about him. Um, and, uh, it's really cool. It's, it's, it's challenging, but it brings a lot of joy and a lot of more urgency to the fight. Cause like, I got to leave him a good world and make him a good person to keep this fight up when I'm not here. So. Right. Right. Okay. Um, pl- plug all your stuff. Tell sure. us what the podcast so, yeah. is, all that stuff. <laughs> I forget to do the self-promotion stuff sometimes. Um, so uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, uh, TikTok at Mariah for Athens. Um, you can go check out the music at bit.ly slash W U R K work video. Um, go check out, um, the music video, go pre-order the album the albums coming out April 22nd. Um, you know, if you follow me, you might see I'm coming to a city near you playing soon. And then also you can check out my podcast waiting on reparations. Um, uh, it comes out every Thursday. We talk about hip hop and politics. So hope to, um, See you there. Hear you there. You hear me there. You know. (laughs) Wonderful. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up. That's it for, uh, that's it for the day. Everybody at home. I hope that was, uh, enlightening and entertaining. A lot of those links are going to be down below. Definitely watch the video. Anyway, it's, uh, just a thought y'all have a good day.